Chapter 26 of Energy and Vibration. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Richard Carpenter. Nature's Miracles, Volume 2, Energy and Vibration by Alicia Gray. Chapter 26, The Eye. The eye is an optical instrument of most wonderful construction when perfectly developed. We cannot undertake to describe it fully here, but refer to it because it is the organ in all animals that enables them to sense the outside world through the medium of light. In lower forms of life, the eye is imperfectly developed, consisting of spots, in some cases of matter sensitive to light vibration, somewhat we imagine on the principle of phosphorescence. Such life does not need the higher forms of optical organs as it could not appreciate the beauties of nature. There is a reason why most forms of animal life should be in some degree responsive to the stimulating effect of light, as there are qualities in the higher colors of light that are helpful if not necessary to animal life, qualities that are not found in the dark rays of heat. There is a stimulating effect that one gets from radiant energy, in the form of both heat and light, that cannot be had from other sources. Every sensitive person knows the difference between the heat of a hot air register and the radiant heat of an open fire so that light does not affect animal life simply through the eye. We need to bathe in it as well as see with it. But to return to the eye. I remember as a schoolboy closing all the shutters of the schoolhouse and holding an atlas furry screen in front of a small hole in one of the shutters and watching the images of the boys at play outside. They were very small and stood on their heads. I had, in this arrangement, a crude outline of an eye. The atlas was the retina, and the hole in the shutter was the lens that emitted the light. But the eye has many equipments for its protection, and easy adjustment to the varying conditions that the atlas did not have. It can adjust the refracting power of its lens at will. The property of the eye, which we wish to call a special attention to, is the structure of the retina. The retina is a screen lying back of the eye. It is a spreading out of the optic nerve that runs out from the brain. The retina is to light vibration what the ear is to sound vibration. Just as the ear is constructed so as to be responsive to all sorts of sound vibration, so is the retina of the eye constructed to be responsive to all sorts of color vibration. It is made up of layers of various structures, and one of them is a layer of thousands of little rods varying in length, and it is supposed that these rods play a part in reinforcing color vibration, something as the cords in the internal ear reinforce sounds, so that the impression will be more pronounced in the optic and auditory nerves, which are the connecting links between physical motion and sensation. Musical instruments may vary in pitch. The pitch of an instrument is an arbitrary thing and has been determined by experiment. One may sing a tune in a high or low key, but there is one key that will produce the best effect. For purposes of illustration, to get a better conception of color as a motion, we may consider the eye as responsive to musical tones of exceedingly high pitch, or that color sensations are sound sensations sensed through an organ infinitely more refined and infinitely more responsive than that of the ear. Whoever has looked through a photographic camera as it is ranged when the photographer is getting the proper range and focus, and before he puts in the slide and tells you to look pleasant and wink occasionally, has seen an image of whatever is in front of it thrown on the ground glass screen. This is a kind of image that is thrown upon the retina of the eye when we see things. 
The eye has many advantages over the camera, and one is that the photograph of the eye carries with it all the colors of the object that is seen in the camera. In the photographic process, the colors are carried as far as the sensitive plate, but there are absorbed and we have to depend on our picture from the varying shades of between black and white. The highlights as they are reflected from the object impress themselves more quickly upon the sensitive plates than the shadows of the object, so we have what is called a negative, which is just the reverse in its shadings of that object of which it is the reverse reflection. If, however, we fix these lights and shadows on the plate, which must be transparent, then lay another sensitized plate upon it and expose it to light, we shall then get a perfect picture in light and shade of the object photographed. The colors, however, will be absorbed and not appear in the pictures. We know that the colors of any substance is determined by its ability to reflect any particular color and absorb all others. To photograph color, then, it will be necessary to discover some substance that will have its physical structure so changed by the action of the color thrown upon it as to reflect that color from the spot that has been exposed to the colors reflected from the object into the camera and onto the sensitive plate. Many attempts have been made to photograph color, but as yet without perfect success. The retina of the eye has the qualities necessary to take notice of all shades of color and all the effects of light and shadow and convey them to the brain. But what takes place there, what is the analysis of the wonderful transition of motion to sensation, is beyond the power of human kin. End of chapter 26. Recording by Richard Carpenter in Seattle, Washington.